Welcome back to Cool Your Heels with Lillian, who appears on AMFM247.com and Passionate World Radio Network, The World in Your Hands. And this morning we have a very special guest. Her name is Shauna Smith, and she's running for the 2020 presidential election, an opponent against Mr. Trump. So, yes, good morning, Shauna. Hi, hi. Good morning, Lillian. And actually, it is Charmin, just like the toilet paper, only with an S. Only with an smarter. S, Charmin. Okay. I am I'm, I'm smarter, and I am stronger, and I will clean up D.C. That needs to be cleaned. <laughs> so what motivated you or persuaded you that maybe it's time for a new type of cat to put themselves forward as a candidate for presidency? I wrote a fictional book. I published it in January of 2015. It's called Taming the Titta. It is a fictional story about politics, religion, and a reality TV show giving Republicans a candidate capable of beating Hillary Clinton in 2016. I self-published January of 2015, and Trump announced his campaign in June. A lot of what I wrote played out in real life just not the way I wrote it. It is a much better read post-election than it was pre-election. And as I, as I had to sit back and watch this develop, not the way I wrote it, which is a beautiful dream to unite the nation and the world behind the common cause of eradicating pedophilia. As, as I watched the Trump election play out, it was like watching my dream turn into a nightmare and having an opportunity to know it was coming and how to tweak it to prevent it from destroying everything. And for a while, as I watched stuff played out, it it terrified me. But it is no longer the stuff I wrote that I got right that scares me the most. It's the stuff I wrote that hasn't happened yet that scares me the most. And I am running for president in 2020 because I am taking back my dreams. I refuse to believe that there is anything so wrong with this country that it can't be corrected with a little common sense and compassion. And this is something that calls to me every second of every day. It has for years. I thought there would never be an opportunity for someone like me to run for for president because I don't have the right connections. There's so many rules. It's, I, have, I was diagnosed with PTSD in 2008, and I didn't think there would ever be a time in this country that anybody would consider voting for someone with a diagnosed mental health condition. As this Me Too movement moves forward, I realize how much I am not alone and how much we have a society full of people who are dealing with the same issues. I've had the opportunity and the the privilege really to dive into and to deal with personally. And I believe that I have the ability to help our country heal and help us come together. And it's now or never. The normal rules don't apply anymore. The, the Oprah hit the nail on the head when she said that she didn't have the DNA to run. There is a genetic connection to the presidency not, the desire to run doesn't bubble up in everybody, and most people can look at this job and say, 
no, thank you. I'm not interested. I'll complain, but I wouldn't want to do it. And I, I am here. I want it. I know I can do it. I want the budget more than anything. I am confident I have the skills necessary to defeat Trump at his own game. And I'm, I'm going after it. So how do you distinguish yourself from the Tea Party? Because that's pretty much the same type of rhetoric that the Tea Party first espoused for getting its candidates out there. Well, I am a Democrat. I am not a conservative. I am a liberal. I am middle of the road. I, I am swinging straight up the middle and nobody is pitching to me. I have started a webpage, charmansmith.com. I lay out my major issues for everyone to read with multiple paragraphs, not just a couple of sentences for catchphrases with pretty pictures. I actually detail what it is I want to do. I help connect the dots for people. I am I am a liberal. I'm too liberal for my conservative friends. I'm too conservative for my really liberal friends. I am straight up the middle. And I think there's more people like me than there is to the far left or to the far right. I think people have had an opportunity to see that the Tea Party is just here to divide and conquer. And I am here to unite and heal. There is a big difference between me and what we have seen from the Tea Party and other politicians for years. That's and true. Will be my the Tea Party pretty much have, have adopted mostly conservative Republican topics and have I, done it that there, way. Yeah, and, and it has become apparent that there are two different types of people, right? There's the kind of person where something bad happens to them and they do everything in their power to prevent it from happening to someone else. And then there's the kind of person where something bad happens and they say, sucks for you, happened to me, let's make sure it happens to someone else too. And that is clearly not the type of person I am. I am the kind of person who will give the shirt off my back, do everything in my power to help you. And I want to, I believe we can address the major issues that are dividing our country right now. And we can unite over things that will, that, that are more important than the little things we're fighting about. And it will bring us together and it will help us heal and it will help us identify the people who are deliberately trying to destroy us. Now, are your candidacy just concerned with the United States, or are you going to also uh, not be a isolation policy that Trump has initiated, but work with our allies? I will absolutely work with our allies. We are stronger together than we are apart. We should be thinking of the world as a family, and we're all connected through humanity. We should be treating each other in a better way, in a more professional way, but in a decent, kind way. There needs to be power. There needs to be strength. We can be disciplinarians without being brutal and violent. We can address the issues that are problems in our country. Being able to identify them is half the battle. And we are certainly identifying plenty of issues in our country and across the world that still need to be addressed. And we should be a force for good everywhere. That is the foundation America was built on. It was not ever to just take care of ourselves and to heck with everybody else. 
the idea behind America, whether it started the right way or not, was about being able to escape tyranny, escape dictators, escape the violence, where everyone could come together regardless of their skin color or their religious and have a safe place to live. And the idea that this country is being what what is taking place in this country right now infuriates me on such a deep personal level that I absolutely cannot stand by and watch it continue. I am a Mayflower descendant. I like immigrants, even the dirty, nasty ones that bring crime and disease. Like I said, our country may not have started the right way, but there was some good intentions behind it. We have done some things wrong, and it is okay for us to admit that we have made mistakes. We can't fix them until we admit there's a problem, but it's my understanding that the indigenous people of this continent traveled freely across it for thousands of years before my ancestors showed up and started raping and killing people and taxing whoever was left here to live. There is a way for us to fix the problems that are destroying us, but it is absolutely not to put up walls and borders and create fights with tariffs and monies with the people who are supposed to be our friends. There is a right way and a wrong way to handle everything. And I do not believe the way it is being handled now is right. And I think we can do better. I know I can do better. Well, all right. There are some top priority topics that are running around this country that are also running around in other countries. And we're not the only nation facing problems with immigration or facing people who are fleeing their lands because of wars or natural destruction. So give a modified thought on how you would handle immigration, especially with the sanctuary cities. I support immigration and I want to bring more people to our country and make it easier for them to come. Yes, we do need to make sure that we are vetting them properly, that we are but I do not support the idea of just throwing criminals into another country and letting them just deal with it letting someone else deal with it. If we find someone who is a violent murderer or a violent rapist, I think we should address them. I think they need the death penalty. I think we should handle them. I don't think we should just let them run all over the world and destroy every person's life. I want more Americans. I want the smart people. I don't care what color they are or what religion they are. I want the kind people. I want the people who have been beaten and been mistreated. I have been a lot of attention to Mr. Trump and his immigration points for the last couple of years. And he has some very valid issues that I do attend to address. The idea that wealthy people from other countries can come here and buy citizenship by paying to have their children born here and then continuing to teach them to hate our country and ensuring they get government positions so they can help destroy our country from the inside will absolutely be addressed. It, it is not lost on me that we have a color and a race issue clearly at display with all of our immigration issues. And it is not lost on me that the problem does not appear to be the brown 
people. The problem appears to be white people who think they can just roll in here and take over and divide and conquer and destroy everything. And I understand our country has a history of that sort of thing working here, but not on my watch. It's interesting that he operates the way he does. There are some press releases I received this morning about talking about how much fun his trade war is to the point now that's affecting most of Europe and that things have gotten to a point where a lot of the European countries cannot pay their debts and they're running later and later because the price of goods have gone up so high that a lot of the companies have not budgeted for significant increases in the products that are appearing in their markets. Let me connect the dots for you a little bit differently because I often find it's important to compare oranges to oranges and not apples to apples, but it has to be something that we can all relate to. So if you remember back after September 11th, when gas prices skyrocketed here in the United States and our schools couldn't run their buses to pick up students because they didn't budget enough for the gas expense, when stores couldn't bring in groceries. One, I was a bill collector at that time working for a mortgage company. And because your mortgage is your biggest debt, it is the hardest thing to get behind on and it is the hardest thing to get back on track on, but it's the first thing you play with in an emergency. And I spent a lot of time on the phone with truck drivers. And I learned a lot about how truck drivers' contracts are negotiated months in advance and years in advance sometimes. And they, they negotiated them based on gas rates at a certain spot. And when those rates skyrocketed, they had no recourse to renegotiate. They had to pay out of their pocket to drive our goods all over the country. They didn't make a dime. Um, you wouldn't even believe how many people almost lost their homes. So if we're looking at countries are going to start collapsing in the same way for the same reason, the wealthy people who jump in and suck up all the low, the, the, the low stocks, who suck up all the foreclosing properties, they're going to do the same thing with countries. Pay attention. There is a big game being played here. And if you don't understand the big picture or strategy from a worldwide perspective, you can't identify it before it happens. And he is playing a dangerous game with the country, with the world, with the lives of humans everywhere. And he doesn't care about anybody but himself. That's not the kind of person we need sitting in that house behind that desk and caring for anybody in the world. Well, if you listen to some of the reports, he's not actually the one who's governing. He has an angelical committee made up of conservatives and a lot of different ministers and people of that ilk who are really in charge of what's being brought into policy and put into law over there. Oh, they consult mm-hmm. him and everything, and he, he writes out his signature, but he's what I call a um, picture king. 
<clears throat> where you see a picture of him playing come- president, but he's not the real power. He's a dream come true for the powers that be that want to snatch everything and control everything. He is a dream come true for the people who are greedy and want to destroy and control everything and don't care what lives are ruined in the process. He is not a dream come true for those of us he's going to destroy. He's the nightmare in the flesh. And it is not the power that he holds to improve the lives of his friends and himself and his family. This country has for years said that they wanted a businessman to come in and run this country like a business, and they got it. But what they're seeing now is that businessmen run businesses to profit themselves and their family and maybe a couple of close friends. They don't care about everybody else. They don't run their business. They hire smart people to run their business for them so that they can make a lot of money off of them. And the American people are starting to realize now that they want America run like a business for Americans, where Americans are the shareholders. And the thing that they need to wake up to is that America is the greatest union ever created. We have the ability to collectively bargain against the big, wealthy business people who think they run everything. Now, right now, those big, wealthy business people are in charge of running everything, and they don't care about us. We, the people, have to step up and participate in the process. It's not just about voting. It's about researching all the candidates so you know who you're voting for but who you're voting against. We need regular people, the smart people who are running the businesses and making the money for the wealthy people. That's who I want running for office. That's who I want working the budget. I don't want rich people running a budget. They don't understand what a budget is. They go out, they decide how much money they're going to spend, and they just tax us to collect the money. That's not how a budget works. A budget works where you figure out how much money you're going to get, and then you decide where you're going to spend it. The idea that these politicians can't talk about economy or basic math, if they can't explain it simply, they don't understand it. It is not just about putting more debt on another credit card and we got to pay off the debt. There's a healthy amount of debt based on your income. In the mortgage industry, we call it the debt-to-income ratio. We need to know how much money is coming in so that we know how much we can spend. There's too many tax deductions. There's too many write-offs. There's too many loopholes. These big, wealthy business people who don't run their companies have figured out how to cash out the taxes from the rest of the people and fill their pockets. All of the words that are being used now are trigger language to me. I see it. I understand it. And as the American people wake up to what a cash out on them means, I want them to know I'm your bill collector. And I know how to get the money from the wealthy people. I understand the asset collection. I understand the deficiency judgments. And I know how to get the money. And they're not going to do this to us. Okay, so what do you think about 
I'm not going to go to the opioid because we deserve what we have done to ourselves. But I am curious to have have some thoughts on how you're going to work with or against the powerful lobbyists who are out there in Washington who pretty much also controls what this country does and does not do. Well... My tax plan does include a caveat for the lobbyists, but I haven't published it. <laughs> That's a great. Question. Well, let's talk about gun um, control do... then, because this is an issue that's killing this country. I mean, the mass slaughter in Pittsburgh was pretty bad, and when a president can put his political schedule in front of a mass shooting in a synagogue, it really makes you wonder. It just breaks my heart. And, and I really want to take a moment to thank you um, as a member of the media for continuing to do what you do every day and being willing to talk to me about politics on your show. There's so many people nowadays who are steering away for their safety and their protection. And I just want to say how much I appreciate you and appreciate everybody, all the journalists, all the members of the media. You're not the enemy. I, I, I can't express my gratitude to you enough. I can't express my pain and my sorrow to the to the the people who lost loved ones yesterday, and and the synagogue is going to get the most attention because it's the biggest shooting. But there was in there, U.S. Was, history, and all he said, well, it was a travesty. But I need to go back out there to support my candidates. He's putting hate over condolences. And then he wonders why he gets some of the feedback he does when people go out and shoot up people. We we have to acknowledge that he is ill. He is not good. He does not have good in him. If somebody writes it for him and he follows the script, he can do it. But anytime you have to count on something from him, you should just expect to be disappointed. There is no internal moral compass. There is no sense of empathy. There is no compassion. It is all about him. Narcissists are very easy to understand once you accept them for who they are. He won't ever care about anybody unless he thinks it will benefit him. This isn't going to help him. He doesn't give a crap about the Jewish people. The white nationalists don't like them. He doesn't understand. He is here to get money, to get rich, and to get rid of all the trash he don't want to look at in the process. He, There is the, the the gun violence in this country, the, the synagogue is going to get so much attention, and it should because it is devastating, and it is horrible, and it is awful. But over 50% of the gun violence in our country every year is from domestic violence, where a personal argument turned into the only reason to resolve the, the, the argument was with a gun. We have a situation in this country where people would rather shoot someone than listen to them. They don't care about your opinions. They'd rather just shoot you. This is not the wild, wild west. We 
do not need to have as many guns running around. We need mental health care. We know we need mental health care care. But what most people don't understand while they're joking around about their anger management issues, because it's okay to joke around about anger management, but nobody jokes about mental health. And most people don't understand that unchecked depression can manifest as anger. And when you don't have the ability to control your anger or your impulses, or you run out of the patience to tolerate whatever it is that you can't stand today, you're dangerous. And we have to find a way to identify these people before they they have the moment where they can't control themselves anymore and they decide finally to hurt people. We, we know they're out there. We know there's going to be another one. We have the ability to start monitoring these people, but he's not going to let us do it because he likes these people, Right? We know we can identify people through social media and their hateful posts, but freedom of speech, you know, can't, you know, they're good people. There's some good people over there. Our idea of good people and his idea of good people are two different things. When someone shows you who, you, who they are, you need to accept it. And there are some people still living in denial about who this man is. So you keep expecting him to act right this time, and it's not going to happen. Maybe he'll say something nice, you know, because someone wrote it for him. Or maybe we'll take something he said, you know, like a sign of hope, because he's a master manipulator, and we choose to believe the good in people and give them the benefit of the doubt. There is no doubt left. There is no good in this man. There is the, what he what he embraces and what he finds is good. Most of us find repulsive. Most of us find intolerable. And most of us need to step up together and fight together. And we know that we are putting our lives in danger because those people over there would rather shoot us than listen to us. The next two years are going to be dangerous. He wants the danger. The Russians aren't going to storm our beaches or bomb our cities. They have infiltrated us at our core. They have divided us and conquered us, and they have made sure the people they want to win are heavily armed. And they didn't have to do anything because most of us don't want to shoot someone to resolve an issue. You know, maybe we have a gun for some self-protection, but we're not running around shooting people at churches. We're not even interested in it. Sure, we want to be able to defend ourselves, but an AR-15, that's what I got the Army for. That's what I got the Navy for. That's what I have the Air Force for. I have a well-regulated militia for the defense of my free state. Most people have issues that they don't want to acknowledge or address, and we have got to start doing things to help people heal their deep inner wounds. There are tips and tricks for resiliency, for dealing with your anger management, for dealing with your, the, the things that make you crazy. But one of them is so important. It is we have to switch the mentality of the people from tolerating each other to embracing each other. We have, we've, people have been pitted against each other to the point that they're afraid of their neighbors. They're, they're afraid of someone just because of the color of their skin or their religion. And, and the truth is, is that 
some of the people we need to be the most worried about look just like us. And they'll openly argue with you and tell you what trash you are because you don't like the Confederate flag. That flag has not ever been designed to unite us, ever. Not once in 150 years has it helped unite this country. It's not helping now. The people who are stealing it, who like it, they want us divided. We have to pay attention, and it's time for us to come together as Americans, as humans, to embrace our inner best self, and for us to start acknowledging that there are people around us who are deliberately trying to destroy us. We, we, it is a tough place to be when you look at someone who you've known for years and you realize they're the problem. They're not here to bring us together. And it is hard to try to convert them. It is hard to help them see the light. And I certainly want them to. But anybody who would rather be a Russian than a Democrat or would rather live in Russia than in America, I intend to offer them an opportunity once I am elected to help make that possible for them. Yeah, you don't know what you miss until you don't have it. Sean, please tell everybody where they can find you on the World Wide Web and how they can get in contact with you. So I have a webpage for my campaign. It's SharmanSmith.com. Sharman, just like the toilet paper, only with an S. I am smarter. I am stronger. I smell better than the TP, and I will clean up DC. You can find me on Twitter at SmithSharman. And you know my milkshake will bring all the trolls to the yard. So please follow me because I'm just now starting to get my first MAGA followers, and I know it'll be some fun when they fully discover who I am. I'm on on Facebook at Sharman Smith for President 2020. And you can find my book on Amazon or Kindle Unlimited for free. You can get it through Kindle. It is Taming the Tida, T-I-D-A. And Tida is a Hawaiian word for an aggressive female personality who will fight you. And I see Tidas everywhere. I certainly embrace the Tida in myself. And I look forward to the rise of Tidas nationwide. Thank you. And before we go away and stray, Bernard Shaw had this to say in St. Joan, 1923, political necessities sometimes turn out to be political mistakes. Thank you all very much for listening. To Cool Your Heels with Lillian on amfm247.com, you can hear it, the program every Tuesday evening from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also find this interview on https colon forward slash forward slash passionateworldradionetwork.com. You can find it on all social media, facebook.com forward slash LLC and Passionate World Radio. You can find it on twitter.com forward slash L-I-C-A-U-L-D-W-E-L-L underline S. You can also find it on iTunes iHeart on Alexa, just say AM FM 247, request the show, cool your heels, and away you go. Thank you all very much for being with us today, and remember, please keep listening. Thank you.